This is NBA Sound System Live, featured on NBA.com sites around the world and archived on the NBA Sound System podcast feed, where you get your podcasts by searching NBA Sound System. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, each with the handle at NBA Sound System, or visit us at NBASoundSystem.com for more. Now, NBA Sound System Live. It is indeed NBA Sound System Live. Carlin Gay alongside Scott Rafferty. It is a special edition of NBA Sound System. We are talking opening week. We are talking talking opening night. We are talking Christmas Day schedule release upon us here, Scott. And we'll uh, we'll get into a little bit of other NBA news. But first of all, Scott, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's always exciting to kind of look forward to the next season, um, see what kind of matchups we can look forward to. And really, given how much movement and changes they've been in the NBA this offseason, um, you know, get our first look at some of these new teams. So um, it, it's been a little bit quieter lately, and I kind of don't know what to do myself because the last 12 months have just been one thing after another, it feels like, in the NBA schedule. But I'm, I'm enjoying some, little, some of the downtime here. How, how are you doing? Can't complain. Um, I am uh, in full off-season mode, Scott. I've uh, I've watched very little of NBA um, Summer League. Um, I've tuned into a couple games, not watching it in full, and that tells me that I'm checked out. I, I am uh, in full off-season <laughs> mode. I'm ready to uh, to get some R and R uh, and 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 prepare myself for the 2021-2022 NBA season, which is crazy to think about because we just finished watching. I feel like we just watched Giannis order those 50 uh, minis or whatever they're called at uh, <laughs> at, at Chick Fil A. Like I I, yep. I I feel like that just happened. Um, we just went through the Olympics, which was great. Um, and now we're already gearing up for the next season. It really is an arrest, uh, you know, for an NBA fan, but I think that's the way we like it. Um, and we'll get into a little bit of the schedule release in just a second. First, let, let's start with uh, with our man, uh, Ben Simmons, first and foremost, because you just mm-hmm. uh, did a deep dive in his timeline, and I think that's the biggest storyline right now of the offseason, no question about it, is is Ben Simmons going to be in a Sixer uniform come training camp? And there's a lot of speculation about – what is going to happen? Where he's going to end up? If my gut, I, like I, I don't, I'm not reporting anything. I don't know anything, but like speculating, my gut tells me that he'll eventually end up in Portland. The question is, will he end up in Portland alongside Damian Lillard, or will he end up in Portland alongside CJ McCollum? Like I think that's what the question is for me. If he ends up on any other team, I think I would be shocked. Honestly, I, I really would. It would it would be one of those shocking trades that come across my phone. Like, uh, you know, whoever breaks the news says that Ben Simmons ends up in Sacramento, for example. I can't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Although that would be very fun to see him and De'Aaron Fox play together. But I, I, I just. I just can't imagine him being anywhere else right now other than the Portland Trailblazers. You did a deep dive on all the timeline mm-hmm. and the speculation. What's your sense on where and, and if Ben Simmons will even be on another team before we start the new season? Yeah, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report um, recently reported that people are kind of getting the sense that there is a very strong chance at this point that Ben Simmons will be on the 76ers roster for training camp unless it sounds like Damian Lillard has a change of heart which as of this recording he he hasn't all indication is that he's gonna not request a trade at this point um, and kind of at least see what the Blazers can do at the start of next season I think like you I I think one of the interesting things was I've actually done a, a few things on Ben Simmons since their loss to the Hawks in game seven of the second round 
And it, it's interesting. I feel like the, the first one, I, I, I wrote about some of the trade destinations, potential trade destinations for him. And there were quite a few um, because there were just so many teams around the league that one, you can kind of envision him in and two, teams that can kind of put a package together that at the time you thought would be what the 76ers were looking for. Um, since then, I, I feel like there's just fewer teams because, you know, free agency has happened. The draft has happened. I thought like the Raptors were a possibility and they're a team that were mentioned as having interest in Ben Simmons. But, you know, the, I think Kyle Lowry was one of the main pieces if there was going to be a trade between those two teams. And now he's with the Miami Heat. So it doesn't seem as likely that they would be involved. Um, you have the Wizards. They were mentioned as another possibility. They've obviously been very active this offseason and they've surrounded Bradley Beal with an entirely new roster. Um, and who knows, potentially he's someone who could request a trade um, at some point during the season. But maybe the fact that they've surrounded him, surrounded him with these new players, that kind of buys him some more time. So I, I do think like you, at this point, it kind of just seems like it's going to be the Blazers. And I think the interesting thing about the Blazers is that they could put together two completely separate packages. I think, you know, the first one that was that gained a lot of steam after when when the talk started about Ben Simmons potentially being traded was a package around CJ McCollum. Um, he's not he's never made an all-star team in his career, but he's kind of developed into one of the better shooting guards in the league, one of the better scorers. And he is someone who would, I think, fit in really nicely next to Joel Embiid um, and give them a kind of a scoring and playmaking punch that they need. So they could, in theory, build a package around him. But obviously, uh, the big name that the 76ers want, I think it's fair to say, is Damian Lillard. Um, and if he becomes available, it does seem like the 76ers are going to go all in on him. So it is going to be fascinating to see how the next couple months play out. You know, is is it really, is he going to be on the roster at training camp? What does that mean for this team and the chemistry of this team and everything? Because it does seem like Simmons is kind of looking forward to to going somewhere else. So it it is, I don't think the trade talks are going to die down anytime soon. And it, it is going to be fascinating to see how it does play out. Yeah, two things uh, I, I'm kind of excited about for uh, – I'm not excited about, but interested to see how it plays out. One, I, I really do think that if the 76ers at this point are going to trade Ben Simmons, they should not settle for any less than either Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard, period. Uh, I, I don't think it, it it you know works for them if they go out and get C.J. McCollum and pieces from the Blazers to try and you know piece together a roster that's going to compete for a championship, especially the way that the Nets look, especially the way with uh, that the Bucks are going to have that championship confidence after winning. Uh, this year, those two teams are, are ahead of the uh, the Sixers, in my opinion. Um, but if they get Dame or Bradley Beal, the Sixers, um, they're right back in the conversation, and and you sh- you have to take them seriously in a deep run in the playoffs uh, with the Heat, and then uh, or, or in the East, and and not to mention that you know the Miami Heat are now in that mix, getting Kyle Lowry and PJ Tucker, and adding some toughness mm-hmm. to that unit. And if you know the Tyler Heroes can you know have a better season than he had a year ago, and Jimmy Butler and, and Bam Adebayo could stay healthy, um, you know Jimmy Butler quietly had a really good year last year, like all yeah, NBA caliber year, um, and you know Bam is Bam, so. Uh, that is a team that I think will be, you know, uh, you know, in the top four. And I still think that if that was a seven-game series between them and the Sixers as currently constructed, I think Philly might be going home. Um, I say all that to say I, I do think that the Sixers should hold off and only trade Ben Simmons for either Dame or uh, Bradley Beal. So I'm interested to see how that shakes out and how long that takes to develop. And the second thing is. Uh, I really want to see how the Sixers start the season. Like, what if the Sixers rip off 10 straight wins to start the year? Do we, you know, quiet the noise about the trade rumors? Do we say, do we fool ourselves in saying this team has, uh, you know, figured it out and they're going to make a deep playoff run? 
or do they have to you know show us in the playoffs is it is it now at this point where this team could have another you know first you know first overall seed in the eastern conference like they had last year and we're going to sit there and say okay show us show us come playoff time like and, and that's unfair for us to do to teams a lot of the time you know we, we do it a lot with with teams we did it with the bucks just this past year you know the bucks have had three straight great regular seasons and didn't matter you know we were they made the finals this year and i think we would have said if they didn't win the championship i think we would have said next year huh nice season but let's let's see you win the championship so i, I think the sixers are, are closing in on that point i don't think they're quite there yet I think if they made the finals this year, everybody would give them a pat on the back with the team that they have. Uh, but I really want to wonder if the Sixers start off the year great, and by you know Christmas time, by All Star Weekend, they're the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, and they look really good, and they look together, and it look like you know Ben Simmons has added a little bit to his game. Do we just say okay, maybe this team can just run it forward? And and because a year ago, this time, Scott. I think a lot of people would have picked the Sixers to make the finals. Um, knowing it's not like we didn't know that Ben Simmons couldn't shoot that back then. We knew, you know, it wasn't it wasn't new news. Um, but I think the way that it happened in the postseason really turned a lot of people off. I mean, I picked the 76ers to make the finals two years ago after they they traded for Al Horford, and that team was far funkier than the one that we're looking at right now um but to your point i mean it's easy to forget that the 76ers had the best record in the east this season and looked like they were going to be in that mix with the bucks and nets to kind of make a run of the finals um and even when it, the seeding shaked out the way it did like they had the easiest path of those three teams and it felt like we were just penciling them in for either a matchup against the nets um or the bucks and obviously that didn't work out but I mean, a few bounces here and there, and we're probably, to your point, having a different discussion. Um, and it is, I mean, the fit with between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid is not seamless. It's not perfect. Um, but they, they've built an elite defense around them. Um, I, I think, to your point, if Ben Simmons does kind of make a few changes, um, not necessarily shooting threes, which is what everyone is obsessed about, but if he, I mean, like I, I wrote another piece kind of breaking down what he would bring to a team. And even going back to like his second or third season in the league, it's not like he was taking many mid-range pull-up jump shots, but he was taking more than he is now. Um, he looked a little bit more aggressive for those shots, and it's not like he was making them at a high rate. But I think, you know, if he is more aggressive getting downhill, if he's not as if he gets to the line more and is not afraid of kind of missing, like the way that we see with Giannis, like he could go two for ten and it feels like it doesn't change the way that he approaches or the way that he he attacks. Um, and maybe sprinkling in some some of those mid-range pull-ups that, that we saw more of in a second and third year and kind of an ability to kind of keep the defense more honest in the half court. Yeah, maybe that solves, you know, enough of their offensive issues to the point where this team um, does have the potential to get out of the Eastern Conference again. So it, you're, to your point, I mean, it, it will be, there's, there's a lot kind of riding on these next couple months, I think it's safe to say in Philly. Yeah, it, there really is. It's going to be fun to kind of uh, sit on the sideline and watch it. Uh, the NBA drama is just uh, always at a uh, fever fever pitch. Um, one trade that did happen today, Scott, reportedly, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, who just got Patrick Beverly, is shipping him off to Minnesota. Um, according to Woj, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are trading Patrick Beverly to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Jared Culliver and uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez. Um your knee-jerk reaction to this trade yeah we don't have to spend too long on this no um, definitely my, not no my initial reaction is that i i think it's I, I like the trade for both sides honestly i think the timberwolves were one of the worst defensive teams in the league last season we know they are a team built around anthony edwards d'angelo russell 
and Carl Anthony Towns, and they need all the defensive help they can get. And right. even if Patrick Beverly has lost a little bit of step off on that end of the court, he's going to bring a toughness, some nastiness, some versatility that they desperately need. So from that perspective, I like it for them. Um, also some veteran leadership. And I think for the Grizzlies, you know, it's easy to forget Jared Culver was the number six pick in the 2019 NBA draft. And it's not he was when you built, watch him play. Well, and I mean, he was built at the time as one of the most versatile players in the class. And even like going back and reading some stuff about him, like he seemed like a pretty safe bet. Um, and I think, you know, maybe a change of scenery, maybe maybe he can get kind of back on track because that's the kind of player they need on that team or the kind of player that they're looking for. So if he can get back on track, I, I really like the potential there, change of scenery for him. And Hernan Gomez um, had a, a little bit of a, a down season last year, um, averaged a career high in points, but his shooting percentage was down. But either way, this is a Grizzlies team that didn't shoot that great from three-point range last season. And adding someone who can add that stretch element to them, I, I think that's a nice piece in their front court. So I, I do like the trade for both sides. Which they need because they traded Valanciunas, who was uh, who was starting to shoot threes for them a little bit for Stephen Adams, who a has bit. yet to shoot many threes in his NBA career. Uh, I still remember the one time that we had an off-air conversation about Stephen Adams potentially taking 153s. <laughs> I was based hoping you bring this up <laughs> based off of off-season <laughs> video uh, of him shooting one three-pointer, uh, and then starting the preseason off of a set play on a yep. uh, on the opening tap. Um, where he knocked down a triple. It looks smooth, man. I, I still I still feel I oh my goodness. I was running around the uh, the <laughs> office. I really was. Uh, I, I thought that Steven Adams had added something to his game. He has not. Um, there's still time. He could turn Aaron yeah. Baines had a season, you know. Aaron Baines had a, a season where he was knocking down threes all of a sudden out of nowhere. Maybe Steven Adams could uh, could have some of that too. Um, all right, let's get to uh, the meat and potatoes of this show. Uh, the NBA has released it's opening week schedule. Um, Scott and I have been waiting for this uh, all day long, and we finally have it in our hands right now. Opening day will be October 19th, and the first game of the NBA season in 2021-2022 will be the Brooklyn Nets heading to Milwaukee to take on the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. That's going to be on TNT at 7.30 Eastern time. Scott, the countdown starts now for that game. Uh Epic seven-game series. In my opinion, I think I said it on this program. I actually, in fact, I did say it on this program. To me, that that was the NBA de facto NBA Finals. I thought the team that won that series would go on to win the championship. The Bucks made me uh, someone that uh, predicted right, and we get that rematch opening night, and it's going to look different because there's going to be healthy bodies, hopefully, knock on wood, uh, mm-hmm. on both sides. People are kind of sleeping on the Bucks. You know, Even though they won the championship, they don't enter and they will not enter the season as you know the, the, the pound-for-pound favorites. I think a lot of people might hesitate picking Milwaukee to repeat, and that might give them the fuel that they need to go out there and repeat. So this should be a great game out of the, you know, right out the gate with a Nets team that's looking to send a message to the Bucks saying, hey, we're better. We only beat us because we were injured. And then the Bucks team saying, no, 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 we are the NBA champions. We have the rings to prove it, and we're going to lay the smack down at home. Um, your feeling on that game, is that the perfect matchup to start the season? Yeah, it is. We, we've been talking amongst our group, um, our NBA.com global staff, kind of speculating what these games would be. And I think we all just immediately like had that in pen bucks against nets like it it just made so much sense um you know that we're going back to the 82 game schedule so they'll play each other four times next season i'm assuming um so you can kind of play play once an opening day maybe twice second time 20 games in etc um so it doesn't feel like you're kind of wasting a matchup between them by having them opening day so 
as you said, that that series was epic. I mean, unfortunately, the Nets did deal with injuries to Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Um, but that like that game seven, for example, was one for the ages with Giannis going for 40 and 13, I think it was, and Kevin Durant going for 47 and hitting that shot with his toe on the line and it going into overtime. Um, I mean, these are arguably Giannis and, and KD right now, arguably the two best players in the NBA going head to head. And it, and to your point, it does feel it is weird to think that both these teams really feel like they have something to prove, given how everything turned out, um, because the Nets, like you said, probably feel like they are the team to beat, um, given, you know, they did go to seven games with the Bucs, but they didn't have all three of their players at full strength. Um, and the Bucs, you know, everyone's going to be gunning for them this season. And we know Giannis's makeup and just the player that he is and how he always wants to prove people wrong and everything like that. So I think this is absolutely a no-brainer um, for this to be an opening night. Uh, and and like you said, it, it's it's I'm already I'm already getting like I'm already ready for it. it it's going to be a good one. It really will. Um, and then the second game on that night is going to be a doubleheader. So for game one is going to be the Nets and the Bucks. Second game on that night will be the Golden State Warriors uh, heading to LA to take on the Lakers. Another star-studded matchup, and you talk about Steph Curry and, and how electric he was last year. Fingers crossed, we get Clay Thompson back and healthy, uh, and you know we get two rookies now for the Golden State Warriors if they're still on the team and on the roster at that point. Uh, that everybody will have their eyes on how well they contribute. We have last year's, uh, you know, top over, you know, number two overall pick. Uh, in, in James Wiseman uh, with the Golden State Warriors. Is he healthy? Can he go? He'll have a tough task of going up against an Anthony Davis. We get to see Russell Westbrook in a Laker uniform for the first time in a non-preseason game if he does play preseason. Um, Carmelo Anthony and, and the, the older Lakers, um, or the Wash Lakers as everyone's starting to call them, uh, and they'll begin their quest to uh, to kind of hoist another championship and, and, and try to get one for LeBron and the rest of the crew there. Uh, and this is a rematch from the playing game, uh, you know, uh, last season that was epic, and with new characters and new stars back in the mix, it's going to be fun. Um, I don't often stay up for the uh, for the West Coast game, Scott, but this is one I'm going to definitely stay up for. Yeah, this one was fun. I I, I actually kind of wanted to see Lakers Suns in this one. To be honest, I think you got to give respect to the team that won the Western Conference last season in the Suns, and they also played each other in that first round matchup, and the Suns handed LeBron the first. First first round exit ever in his career, so I kind of wanted to see that matchup. But I mean, I'm I'm not gonna ever complain about watching Steph Curry and LeBron go head to head. Two teams that I think it's safe to say will have their eyes on a championship next season. Actually, I, I looked it up just before this. I think Bet Online had these four teams that we're seeing on opening night: so the Nets, the Bucks, the Warriors, and the Lakers as the having the four highest odds to win the championship next season. So um, that is exciting. Wow. The only thing. That I do have concern about. Obviously, I think if we knew that Clay was 100% going to play in this game, that changes the calculus. Like I would have absolutely had the Warriors over the Suns in this in this matchup. Um, but Bob Myers, general manager of the Warriors, Bob Myers said at the end of the season that he kind of just didn't know um, if he would be if Clay would be ready for Game One. He didn't know if saying that would be realistic. So uh, fingers crossed that Clay will be good to go. Obviously, we just want him to be healthy. So if he misses the first 20 games of the season or whatever, and we get him the last 60, great. Um, we just want to see him back at full strength. But, it, yeah, it would be good to see the Warriors and Lakers, both teams at full strength on opening night. That sure would be a fun matchup. No question about it. Um, that's opening night. So Bucks, Nets, Lakers, Warriors. That's on TNT. ESPN's opening night schedule features two Eastern Conference, I guess we'll call them uh, mid-tier level teams. But yeah. um, the Celtics and the Knicks 
First game of the season at Madison Square Garden. Sees Jason Tatum uh, head over there with his squad, Jalen Brown as well. And it's already a rematch. It is the uh, Evan Fournier revenge game, right? Well, we're just ignoring Kemba here as well. Are we that, that far removed from it? Yeah, and, and the, I mean, this is two teams after for Kemba. He was in OKC for a cup yeah. of coffee. So, um, you know, the other are we, are we counting game. that? Yeah, yeah, why not? It's, it's on basketball <laughs> reference, isn't it? All right, all right. So, yeah, um, all jokes aside, Kemba Walker gets an opportunity to go against a team that traded him away for uh, Al Horford and some, and some spare parts. Um, he, he has an opportunity to prove to everybody that he's still healthy, can still contribute, and I, I'm sure opening night he's going to be geeked up to do that, not only playing his first game essentially at home uh, in the, for his home, you know, hometown team um, in, in the New York Knicks. That's going to be fun. And, uh, you know, he gets to play the team that, like I said, traded him away. And then uh, on the other side, you have the Celtics that – I think they've kind of fallen out of favor with uh, with the NBA faithful, right? Like they they were two years ago. You couldn't tell anybody that the Celtics team wasn't on the rise and that they were going to win multiple championships. I feel like uh, some of that is kind of wearing off in the, in the last couple of years. Um, you know, this is a team that was in the conference finals three of uh, uh, four years, um, and then uh, you know last year that didn't happen for them, of course. Uh, that I don't know what you could put into that because it, everyone was affected by COVID differently. Um, but they still have a very strong young core. They're gonna have a new head coach um, in Ime Udoka. Uh, what, what do you what do you see out of this one? This, this is the first time we'll be able to see Ime uh, on the sidelines and um, how how the Celtics come out uh, and they have a big stage to uh, to play on in Madison Square Garden in New York Knicks. Yeah, it, it is funny you say that about the Celtics because. You know, Tatum, I think it's fair to say, has has made that leap. Like, he's proven himself to be... Maybe we throw the word superstar around too liberally nowadays, um, but he's he's a legit star. Um, and then Jalen Brown, I think, had a very strong case for being the most improved player last year. Like, he, he took a leap to stardom as well. So you have two of the best young um, players... Two of the best young players in the league. Uh, they made one of the best bargain deals in the offseason in getting Dennis Schroeder, I think. Obviously, he did not get the money he was looking for, but he has a great chance to kind of uh, rebuild his value and test free agency next year. And I think there's a need for him, especially after losing Kemba Walker on this team. And Al Horford as well. Like he's, We've seen Al Horford. He's not the player that he once was, but he can step out and shoot the three. You can run some of your offense through him. He's a really smart defender. And I think he's the type of player in their front court that they need to kind of piece everything together. I still don't know if they're at the same level um, as the Nets, the Bucks. Um, the Heat and maybe even the the 76s, but I think this team is going to be obviously much better than they were last year, and maybe we are still starting to talk about them differently um, when they accomplish that. And also, yeah, the Knicks, I mean, a homecoming for Kemba Walker, that's going to be the biggest storyline here, but they're also a team that's going to have big expectations next year because they were arguably the biggest surprise in the league last season, finishing with the number four seed in the Eastern Conference, 41-31 and 31 record, and then they lose to the Atlanta Hawks in the first round. Um, their offense just absolutely created in that seri- series, and that's something they've addressed this offseason in Kemba Walker. Adding Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, two guys who can shoot, um, playmake a little bit, take some of that playmaking burden off of Julius Randle and Derrick Rose. So, I mean, this should be, it's it's going to be fun, even just beyond that kind of Kemba Walker connection, because um, these, these are two teams I think that will be kind of looking to prove themselves next season. No question about it. The nightcap of that Wednesday night doubleheader for ESPN 
ends with the reigning and defending MVP, yep. Scott's favorite player, Nikola Jokic, yep. uh, taking on the aforementioned Phoenix Suns. Here's the Suns get their opportunity to shine on the national stage. Not on opening night, but they go up against the Denver Nugget team that uh, really surprised in the playoffs a year ago. Um, and a team that I think a lot of people will say, this is my sleeper pick for uh, you know making the NBA Finals, providing health uh, with Jamal Murray especially. But um, there's a lot to like with the, with the Nuggets. A uh, young team that I think is ready to take the next step again, providing health, and then also I think there's there's going to have they're going to have a motivated Michael Porter Jr. who's going to want to uh, cash out uh, at the end of next season um, and playing the Phoenix Suns. That again, they're going to have uh, they're kind of like the Bucks, where I don't think many people are picking them to go back to the NBA Finals in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. They're playing with a chip on the shoulder. And, you know, they, they can go out there opening night and prove it against a team that I think many people um, wouldn't be shocked if they knocked them off in the postseason, um, you know, in, in 2022. So um, I'm excited for that one. I, I really I really like watching Jokic uh, and, and, you know, I, I'm a, I've been a fan on the outside uh, for a long time of Devin Booker. What he did in the playoffs really, really, really made me a hardcore fan. What he did at the Olympics made me a hardcore fan. I, I think I, I'm just a fan of the dude, and I think he's one of the players that's going to carry the torch of the NBA for a very long time. Uh, and he, he's kind of turned Phoenix into a uh, into a basketball city. They those fans were incredible in the playoffs. They, mm. they really were. So I expect that same sort of atmosphere on opening night here. And a playoff rematch, by the way, because these two teams met in the second round, and the Suns swept the Nuggets, which didn't come. I actually thought that series, I didn't really know what to make of that series going into it, um, but given kind of how shorthanded the Nuggets were, it wasn't all that surprising in the end. Um, I, You know, you said it, I'm, I'm Jokic is, is one of my favorite players, and I think everyone should watch him because what he does with the basketball, there is no one else in the league quite like him. Um, and just the way that he kind of dissects teams, he, he's just a fascinating player to watch. But they, the Suns actually did a pretty good job against him. DeAndre Ayton defended him well in the playoffs. Um, so that's a big matchup for DeAndre Ayton, who I think we're all expecting a big season from. And yeah, it, it does feel like people kind of aren't talking about the Suns a lot, um, at least at this point of the calendar going into next season. But, you know, I, I think it's safe to assume we'll see what, what version of Chris Paul we get. Um, I, I expect him to be the same. He's Chris Paul. He's one of the greatest point guards of all time. But if they can, you know, if Devin Booker can pay, make another little leap, if DeAndre Ayton can make another little leap, if Mikel Bridges can make another little leap, and I think that's all pretty fair to say given how young they are and how much they've all really developed to this point in their career. Uh, I mean, this team is going to be a handful. Um, and they've got Monty Williams kind of pulling the strings, one of the best coaches in the league. Um, th- th- this is going to be a fun matchup as well. They, I, I think the NBA did really well in terms of these four kind of first nationally televised games that we're going to get to start the season. Yeah, they, they really did. We're going to speed through uh, the rest of the opening week matchups. Uh, Thursday night on TNT, we'll see the Mavericks and the Hawks. We'll get back to that one in a second. The game two will be the Clippers at the Warriors. And then we'll see on Friday ESPN the Nets at the Sixers, the first time we see the Sixers on national TV, we just talked about whether or not Ben Simmons might be there. Will he not? What What's happening there? Uh, and then we'll have the Suns and the Lakers matchup you want to start the season to end off the week on ESPN. I'm going back to the Mavs uh, Hawks in that uh, in those four matches that I read off. 
Uh, I think this is a clear message that the to the NBA, to you know the fans, to us, to everybody in the world, uh, that they really truly believe in the star power of both Luka Doncic and Trey Young. To have them uh, be on an opening week national televised schedule means uh, that they have arrived. They they've broken through. The Hawks two years ago, you know, they were scraping to get double digit wins, and now here they are, uh, opening week national televised game and we'll get to their Christmas schedule in a bit but I, I really do think that that's a sign that the league is saying hey th- this Trey Young guy he's a star Luka Doncic he's a star as well mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I mean Luka Doncic is arguably I mean he's a top 10 player in this league I think you can make you can make the argument that he's top five like he's that good he's already proved himself to be that player um it is funny to think that Trey Young didn't make an all-star team last year. He made he made his first one two seasons ago. He didn't make it last year, but he really proved himself in the playoffs. Like I I've always appreciated Trey Young. I've always liked him. I was never quite convinced that he could kind of be a driving force on a team that could make like a conference finals run like they did last year. And right. he really proved me and a lot of other people wrong. Um, what he did in the playoffs was absolutely spectacular. He embraced kind of being that villain in that first round matchup with the Knicks, um, you know, to, to defeat the 76ers in the second round, a team that, again, we all thought were going to go to the final, uh, the, at least the Eastern Conference finals, doing it against one of the best defensive duos in the league in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Um, I, and I mean, he really proved himself... And Thibel too, Matisse Thibel, my guy, um, you know that. Um, so he, he really proved himself beating, taking down two of the best defenses in the league. And yeah, this Hawks team, I mean, the East is loaded next season, especially at the top, but they've put themselves on notice, made a, made a surprise run to the Eastern Conference Finals. They are going to be looking to build on that. They're going to have more of a target on them this season. Um, but that's not even getting to the connection between Luka Doncic and Trey Young. You know, two, two of the top picks in their draft class, they were traded for each other on draft night. Um, I mean, it... It's, it's almost a shame that we only see them twice a year, the Mavs and the Hawks, because they're in different conferences because it would be fun to watch them more together, but um, play, play each other more. But then again, we had that with you know LeBron and Melo throughout their time being in different conferences and everything like that. So um, I guess that's just a good, you know, embrace every single matchup between them too. But yeah, it, that, that's going to be another really fun one. Um, and it's always nice to see kind of like the young talent in the league get a spotlight um, on national TV in the opening week as well. Hey, we had it. We had it way back when, when uh, Magic and Bird were in the league. They only played twice a year, and then in the finals, yep. that's the only time we would ever get to see them uh, play every year. So, um, you know, I, I'm not saying that Trey and Luca are on their way to the finals this year, but um, it's going to be fun regardless. Anytime they play each other, so uh, that is the opening week schedule. Of course, NBA.com will have it uh, in full if you've missed any part of it. Uh, but also, let's move on to the marquee day in the NBA calendar: Christmas Day schedule. We have the five games uh, starting. At noon Eastern, the first game we just mentioned, the Hawks getting another shot um, to go back to Madison Square Garden to play the Knicks. Again, that to me that just screams Trey Young is a star to have him start off opening day, uh, opening week, and then you go Christmas Day with him uh, to kick things off. You know that Madison Square Garden crowd is going to be on fire Christmas Day with Trey Young, uh, and and hopefully he's able to put on a great performance in that one. Uh, that's going to be followed by the Celtics heading over to Milwaukee to take on the defending champions. And then we get we get into it. The Western Conference games is what is you know the Warriors at the Suns, and then we have the big one, Nets at Lakers. Um, we don't know if that's the first game of the season between those two teams. We'll assume uh, that it will be on Christmas Day. That will be in LA, and we'll close things out with Luka Doncic uh, and the Mavericks heading over to Utah. Of those five games, Scott, what's the one you have circled and and, and most looking forward to? 
I mean, it's it's Nets Lakers. What are we doing here? Um, <laughs> that there's no shortage of star power among those those teams. You've got um, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. You got Russell Westbrook. These are two teams that I think right now I'd have at the top of either conference and a collision course to kind of meet each other in the finals. Um, on top of that, you know, LeBron and Kevin Durant have history. They played each other against the finals. Both have come out on the winning side and losing side. Watching them. That's like a matchup we should just never take for granted. Like it's 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 an absolute pleasure to watch them go for head to head, and obviously you know Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant were teammates in Oklahoma City. They've had their drama. Um, I, I think the Lakers just in general are going to be one of the most interesting teams in the league next season because we we kind of touched on it before. But I'm not absolutely sold on how Russell Westbrook fits next to Anthony Davis and LeBron James. But it gives them a ton of star power. That team is not going to be fun to play against. Um, the Lakers have been super active this offseason in adding Carmelo Anthony, Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, um, all of these vets, guys who can kind of plug and play into different lineups, give them different looks. I'm, I'm just fascinated about them in general. And the Nets were also pretty active this offseason themselves, um, signing an, uh, an extension to Kevin Durant, but also picking up Patty Mills, who's long been one of the better backup point guards in the league. And I'm really high on his fit next to them, um, that trio in Brooklyn. So the star power alone makes this interesting. But, you know, these are two of the best teams, I think it's safe to say, in the league next season. Um, and just all those individual mashups. Like, th th this is by far and away, um, in my opinion, the best game on the day. But, I mean, the other games are still very interesting as well. All the other games are great and are very interesting. Uh, yeah. I'm with you, though. The, 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 the big game is Nets. Lakers, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, 5 Pacific. That is going to be the big one. That's the one that's on ABC, ESPN as well. Um, so big that it's on two channels. Uh, it is it is the game <laughs> uh, on Christmas Day for me. And uh, it's going to tell me a lot about the Nets um, by that point in the season. Not that game specifically, but by that point in the season. Whether or not they take the regular season as seriously as I think uh, they, they could or should. Um, this is a team that is, we know, super talented. Um, and, and really could win, you know, 60 plus games with their eyes closed if they wanted to. Um, but by the time we get to Christmas Day, um, I, I think they, they're, they're going to have like every team does circle a couple games on their calendar. Christmas Day game will be one of those. Uh, the opening game against the Bucks will be one of those. But that Tuesday night game against the Sacramento Kings, are the Nets going to be, you know, locked in uh, all the way to take care of business there? Um, do they want to, you know, flex their muscle and find out and, and you know, just, you know, be the team that uh, you know is just simply unstoppable. That scores 140 points a night um, and, and break all the offensive records that they can break. I, I by Christmas we should find out what they are, and, and that's what I'm interested to see. What what sort of team um, they can be by the time we get to Christmas Day. So uh, that's that on the uh, schedule. Again, you could follow uh, everything uh, on, on NBA.com. Um, the one thing I'll ask before we head out here, the schedule's out. Those teams have been announced. You've had a, a couple minutes here to kind of look it over. Um, so 12 teams in, in opening week. Um, the eight, the last eight players to win the Kia Most Valuable Player Award are going to be featured and three playoff matchups, uh, rematches rather, from last season's playoffs in the opening week schedule. Uh, and then Christmas Day, we just mentioned it. We, we, we have a ton of stars. It's a 14th year in a row we're going to get Christmas game, uh, games on ESPN and uh, on ABC. So here we go. Uh, you have this. You have the teams in front of you. You have the schedule out. Um, you know for for the national televised games opening week and Christmas Day. Is there something uh, or someone that you are missing from the schedule so far? There is a very good chance that I am missing a very obvious one here. Um, but I, I mean, 
I would love to have seen uh, the Miami Heat against the Raptors. And part of this mm-hmm. could just be we <laughs> we cover NBA Canada, so we, right. the Raptors are always top of mind for us. But how much Kyle Lowry meant to that Raptors franchise, becoming, you know, I think it's safe to say the greatest Raptor of all time, him leaving this offseason to join a Heat team that needed a boost, needed someone who could do the things that he does on both ends of the court and gets them to that level where I think they could compete um, in the Eastern Conference next season, if everything breaks right for them, you know, maybe, maybe there's a trip to the NBA Finals for them. Um, but, you know, a Kyle Lowry return to Toronto, um, we know that's going to be an emotional night, a big one. I don't know when in the schedule is best for that game, but that's kind of one that, that I had top of mind um, when going through this. And also another heat matchup with the Bulls. I think those are two teams that, again, made big different, big changes this offseason. Um, the Bulls adding DeMar Rosen, Lonzo Ball around their duo of Zach Levine and Vucevic, um, a team that's looking to to break their own playoff drought. Playing against the Heat, you obviously have that Lowry and DeRozan connection as well, two best friends and everything like that. So that, that two Heat games that I kind of had my uh, that I was anticipating seeing when when the schedule was released. For me, the one thing that really sticks out, uh, and, and you're probably going to laugh at this, but it, for me, I think it says a lot. Uh, and if I was a New Orleans Pelican fan, I'd be terrified. Mm. The fact that they are not on national TV on the opening week or Christmas Day uh, says something. I don't know what it says exactly, but it says something. Uh, and if I was to speculate what it could say, uh, it, it says to me that they don't view this team as a team that's capturing the audience uh, or, or the national audience yet. And I find that a little bit weird to understand because you have a Zion Williamson who is a box office star. Uh, you know, all star last year, and not just that. You know, Brandon Ingram, you know, was an all star himself. You know, uh, the, the year before. Yep. And when you have two all stars on a team, um, you know, granted they're up and coming, and it's not like they've they, they've they've shown a ton of winning. Uh, you know, being together, I still think it gets people to the television screen. I think you know Zion, you know, being um, you know the, the attention grabber, the headline grabber. He was as a rookie. He only played 24 games, and every time he played, it felt like the the basketball world stopped. And you know, last year again, fans couldn't really go and see him a, a ton because we weren't allowed to go to the building. And now you have an opportunity to actually get to the building. Hopefully, knock on wood, um, you know things go back to normal, and we don't get any Zion. Yeah, that's weird. That's a little. It's that's weird to me. Um, and if I'm a Pelicans fan, I'm terrified because. You know, we've heard the rumblings and the rumors and the, and the reports that maybe Zion is already thinking about his exit in New Orleans. Way too early to 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 speculate to uh, you know assume that that is true. But these are some of the things that I think when young stars are making their mind up uh, of where they want to play basketball and what markets they want to play basketball, these are some of the negative things that come with you know you know playing in a New Orleans or playing uh, you know and it shouldn't because Zion's a big enough name that he should attract national attention. Uh, Playing alongside Brandon Ingram, he's again another big enough name that should attract national attention. And for them not to be for for the Phoenix Suns to play twice uh, on opening week, for the you know Warriors to play twice on opening week, you had two chances you could have put Zion in there. Um, and I think I don't think anybody would have batted an eye at. I think people would have understood. You know, this is a dude that uh, we all want to see. So that that's a little weird for me. Christmas Day I understand, but opening week mm-hmm. I, I do have a uh, you know a tough time. Uh, really, really comprehending that. Now, I say all that to say Friday, uh, we'll, we'll get this for the full schedule uh, for all 82 games, for all 30 teams, uh, and we'll see how many times Zion and the Pelicans are on national television. And my stance may change 
on that. Um, so that that's that's that about that. But you know, keep it locked on NBA.com. We'll have we'll have thoughts on that. But that's just my initial knee jerk reaction to uh, opening week schedule. No, I, I think that's totally fair with Zion. I mean, he was his rookie season. It felt like he was just breaking record after record every single game. Second season was absolute box office. Made his first All Star team. Arguably should have made an All NBA team. Um, that's just how good he is already. But we, I mean, we kind of t- talked about it before as well. It's like I, I think the Pelicans were one of the the more confusing teams in free agency. Like I, I didn't quite understand some of the moves that they made. It felt like they had their eyes on on something on making bigger moves, and they just didn't materialize for whatever reason. So I don't know if that played something into do with it. You know, people kind of thought this Pelicans team might look better than it is today, um, a few months ago, but. I, I do think it's safe to assume that the Pelicans will still be on national TV um, several times next season. You know, we're going to have matchups between Zion and LeBron, Zion and Giannis. Like, I, I feel like all of those are going to be on national TV and for good reason, because um, like you said, Zion is is just something else, something we, I think it's fair to say, really have never seen before. Um, a guy kind of his height, his size, playing with the athleticism that he does, the way that he dominates the paint. Like, he's just absolutely one of a kind. So um, he's he's absolutely someone who any chance that you do get to watch, you should. Yeah, I'm excited to see him play. I mean, we were we were watching summer league games to watch Zion. You know, I mean, he, yeah. we, we talked yeah. about it off air this morning. Uh, how you know he had one of those memorable plays in summer league where he ripped the ball out of a opposing player's hands and dunked on him, and that was like yep. uh, that was a moment, and we we still remember that three years later. And you know, for him not to have an opening week game, a little weird. All right, um, that will wrap things up here. Uh, again, we'll we'll have the uh, full breakdown of the schedule over on NBA.com. So if you missed anything, head on over there. Plenty of coverage uh of, of the schedule release and so much more including all the rumors and reports uh of the offseason uh training camp coming up soon before we even know it we'll be knee deep in nba training camp so we're getting excited about that scott uh a pleasure we will uh we will talk soon my friend this has been nba sound system if you haven't yet rate and review on itunes it does us uh, a big big time favor it's free to do folks so just head on over and do that if you haven't done that as yet uh, and tell a friend, you know, to download the NBA Sound System podcast. We will see you soon right here from NBA Sound System. You guys enjoy your weeks.